uh, the, the seven letters, seven churches. We were talking about the rapture of the church. The rapture means, the, is the word rapture in the Bible? No. What does it mean? Anyone? Catching away. Very good, young lady. You get a prize. It means the catching away, taking away. God is going to come back. Christ promised. This is the one thing he talked about more than anything. I'll be back. I am coming back. Amen. And the Bible tells us that he's coming back to meet us in the air. And he's going he's gonna to come to this earth, but not down to it yet. And he's coming for a purpose, to call his people home. Think about that. That is a great, great thing that's going to happen. But what it is, it's a separation. God is separating his church, his body, his bride from this world. Right? That's what it's all. So I want to talk to you about separation and the doctrine of it and how, and how the Bible talks about separation. And we need it every once in a while because a lot of times we learn something and then years go by and we end up, wow, I really need to hear that again. Because what happens is, is God has separated us from our sins. Amen? Can I get it? Can I get an amen? That's what he did. He came to what? Jesus came to separate us from our sins. And those that were separated from God, God brought us together to bring us together. But separation is something that starts all the way back in the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. You can turn there, get your Bibles ready. And I want you to, to realize that separation is of God. It's an important doctrine taught in the Bible. And it's something that each and every one of us must think about. And I want you to start thinking about it, because if Jesus came to this earth to separate us from sin, do you all agree to that? Then why do we keep going back to it? Why do we keep welcoming it back into our lives if he came to separate it, right Joe? So we need to just look at some of these things. So I want to talk to you about separation and where it first starts in Genesis chapter 1 verse 4. It says... Genesis 1, 4, 4, it says, And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. One of the first things God did when He created everything is He divided. And that's what God is. God is a person, or God is a, is a, just, I say, person being that comes into the, into the world, or, or He reveals Himself. And there's only two sides. You remember Moses when, when the people, when he went up to get the Ten Commandments? I hope you remember this story. And while he was gone 40 days and 40 nights, the people started whoredoms and started made, they made a golden calf and they were doing terrible things. They were partying. They were drinking. They were getting naked and just being like something like Mardi Gras. It was horrible. And so that Moses came down and he was very wroth and he threw the Ten Commandments down. And a great and an earthquake happened. But he said this. He said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And and the people of Israel had to divide themselves. I'm either going to be on God's side or I'm going to be on the other side. It's really simple. That I'm glad God makes a division so I know what is God's side and what is not God's side. And so when he when God came in verse four, he saw that the light that it was good and he divided the light from the darkness. And if you'll keep reading with me, it says, And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, Let there be firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it do what? Divide the waters from the waters. God does dividing. Look in verse uh, 10 with me. Verse 10, it says, And God called the dry land earth, and he gathered together of the waters and called the seas, and God saw that it was good. Every time God divides, he says it's good. Six times the expression, the words, it was good, is in the Bible. All of scripture, only six times 
And it's all found all six times right here in creation. And when God separates something, He sees it, He says, it's good. So separation is good. We don't think that way. We don't like to be separated from our friends. We don't like to be separated from our family. We don't like to be separated from the things that we enjoy. We don't like separation. We all want unity, right? Everybody wants unity. The only thing God wants unity in is in the church. There's not supposed to be unity in the world. When you got saved, you got saved out of the world. When you got saved, you got saved from where the world is going. When you got saved, you got saved from the wrath that is to come upon this world. So God has given us great commandments and said, Be not of the world, neither love the things of the world. If any man loves the things of this world, then the love of the Father is not in you. So you have to make a draw a line. God draws a line. He says, who's on the Lord's side and who's not on the Lord's side? And sometimes we need to hear this again. Because what happens is, is we hear it and we're like, yeah, I'm on the Lord's side. Then after, say, 10 years, we end up being over on this side, but thinking we're still on the Lord's side, but we're playing in the devil's playground and we're hanging with the, with the lost people. We're listening to the lost people's music and we're listening to the world. Are you doing with what I'm saying? We're watching the world, so we're doing the world, we're doing everything they're doing. And sometimes because we're Christian, the devil now, see the devil doesn't play with those that are his. He's got them. The devil only gets involved in people that aren't his. The, the Christians, the children of God. See, when you, I just want to say this because it's important because the world can drink and do drugs and do everything it wants and the devil won't even bother. If a Christian picks up a beer or a glass of wine, the devil's right there saying, yeah, yeah, have some more, it's fine. It's good because what he wants you to do is he wants you to change your spirit and he wants you to get in, into trouble. So you have an enemy, the Bible says. We have an enemy. So we have to be, understand that it's not that that one thing will destroy you. It's that there's an, a power and a force of darkness that wants to destroy you. So he's going to use the littlest things to destroy you, but the rest of the people can do it. It might not sound fair, but that's why we're supposed to separate from them. So look, what, if you would, with me. We'll read from, uh, we'll, we'll read from 7. Look in verse 7. It says, And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place. And let the dry land appear. And God called the dry land earth. And gathering together of the waters, he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us bring forth grass and herb yielding seed. And the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind. Whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for the days and for years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night to divide. 
the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. And the, and the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of the heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. And every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters of the sea. Let fowl multiply in the earth and the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, the cattle and the creeping thing, the beasts of the earth, and after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that is upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And look down with me, if you would, in verse 31. It says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. I want to talk to you about the separation, how God divides. He separates first darkness from light. He came into existence of this universe to separate darkness from light. Good from bad. Or or I should say good from evil. Light separates because it reveals, it shows what kind of thing it is. It brings knowledge of the good and evil. And this is uh, when free will entered into the, into the universe as well. When free will entered into the universe, also choice. And God saw the light that it was good. So not only did God divide by his presence, just God showing up divided good from evil because now we know there was good and there was evil there was light and there was darkness and then God gave everything a free choice that you can what you can choose but what it is is God wants us to choose good can I get an amen God wants us to choose him can I get a double amen and that's what it is is we've got to be able to have free choice to know what and where what we want to do and that's what separation is separation is deciding on your own by your own free will who I'm going to serve, where I'm going to go, who I'm going to be, who I'm going to trust in, what I'm going to believe in. Amen? And that's separation. You can't have good and evil together. You can't have fire and water together. You're either going to be one or the other, and God wants to separate us unto himself that we would know all of this. So it was good, like I said, six times in the, in the Bible, Genesis 1-4, uh, verse 10, verse 12, verse 18, 21, 25, all said it was good. In verse 31, it said it was very good. Separation is very good. I just want you to realize that. Because when you're the preacher or you read about separating you from certain things, I want you to realize that that is a good thing. And it's a, it's a thing of God. You might, don't have to like it. You don't. But you have to know that that's what God wants. Our children, when we're parents, we try to tell them what... The, that what to do. They don't like it, but we know it's what we want. We know it's what they need. Amen? And so separation is a great thing. I'm just going to name them real quick. The very first one was darkness from light. 
good from evil. He separated uh, the names. He even named them night and day, darkness and light. He separated the waters from the waters and put a a heaven in, in it. He separated heaven from the earth. He separated the land and brought it together. He even separated plants and grass and fruits and nuts. He separated them all. He, he, seven things he did is he separated the herbs from the fruits after their kind, the Bible says. It says uh, that he separated the planets. He separated the stars. He even separated universes. He divides time and he divides light. He divides the birds, each fowl after their kind. All this that um, they try to tell you about evolution is all—it's all so—it's all so foolish. It's wicked and it's evil because God created everything after its own kind, and there's never been a change of, of, of kinds. A bird that's a bird can can change its colors or his nose grow longer, but he's still a bird. Do you understand that? You never changes a bird, never changes into a frog, and a frog never changes into a cat. It just doesn't happen, it's never happened. There's science proves that it never happens because God has created everything after his kind. A separation of species, if you will. A separation of plants and vegetables. A separation, a separate, everything is separated. And when you get right down to it, I might as well read it, but God separated the fish and the whales, and every creature that's in the sea, they're all separate. You know how many creatures are in the sea? Nobody knows. We're still finding things. And each and every one of them is different from the other. It's crazy. God created man different than every other thing on earth. He created him after his kind. And it's so we are different. We're not like the animals. We, are not, we didn't come from the animals. We certainly didn't come from monkeys and anything else they might want to tell you. We are different, and we are supposed to be different. And we were meant for something different. If you read, we were meant to rule the earth. We were meant to have dominion over everything. Amen? And we do, really. I mean, man is is the top predator, even though there's animals out there that I don't want to meet because they'll eat me. They'll kill me. But in all reality, look at a bear. The the black bears, they have zero predators except man. Man has and, and, and will always be the top predator on the earth. Why? Because we're different. Amen? We are not like everything else. And then, and then after he created man, he, he, he divided them. He separated them, male and female. He made man, male and female. They're different. They're not the same. They'll never be the same. People that try to make them the same are, they're just, they're kicking against the pricks. They're never gonna, it's never going to work. Amen? And he said, at the end, it was very good. In Genesis 2, in verse 1 to 3, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And he blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it, he had rested from all the work which he created and made. He even separated a day. Out of the days of the week, seven days of the week, he separated a day just for him. Separation is of God and it's good. And we've got to get this through our minds because if we don't, you know what God else God separated? God separated his own cherub angel. Look in, in Isaiah 14 with me. Isaiah 14. God, this is what we're supposed to do. This is what we're supposed to do when evil 
when evil is among us. There's story after story after story I cannot, I'm not, and I'm not going to talk about, but you remember when, when Joshua brought the people, the children of Israel into the promised land? You remember when the first place they went to, to uh, Jericho? Remember that? And God told them to walk around the building seven times and shout, and the walls came down, amen, and they, they had a great victory, amazing victory. Well, the next town was a little place called Ai, a little tiny town. And so what they, they, they said, well, we don't need everybody that will go in there and we'll just beat them up. And here they beat them up, and they lost. And they couldn't, Joshua couldn't understand it. And God said this, the reason you're not going to win is because there's sin in your camp. There's sin among you in the camp. And they found out that it was this one guy and he stole some stuff from Jericho. He had some clothes and some gold and silver. And you know what they did to him? They killed him, his whole family, his children and everything. Because they wanted to wipe out the sin. I don't want us to do that. Amen. I don't want us to kill anybody. I don't want us to hurt anybody. But we've got to take the lessons that God gives us and apply them to our lives today. And if there's sin in your camp, you need to get rid of it. Amen. You need to get rid of it because you'll never have any victories with the sin in your camp. The enemy will always be bothering you and winning. And you're going to be wondering, why am I not winning? And God's going to say, because there's sin in your camp. You need to separate you from We We nowadays, we are so carnal, all of us, that we like the things that God doesn't like. And we become friends with them and we kind of incorporate them in our lives and God spends the rest of His time on on our lives trying to tell us, separate, 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 and we just won't because we like it and then we never have a victorious Christian life because we don't want to separate. Because we like it. Can I get an amen? It's just the truth. Well, here He says that He separated a day just for Himself. You know what else He separated? God... When he separated a day for himself, remember, he separated Noah too. He called Noah and separated Noah from all the rest of the world. He didn't just separate Noah from the world. He separated Noah from his family. Noah had had family. He had a dad and he had a grandfather and he had aunts and uncles. And he separated, God separated Noah from everyone else for a higher calling and a higher purpose. And then we know that God separated Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis 6, he, he separated Noah. In Genesis 11, he separated languages. He separated all the people because everybody were in, were in one language. And in, on the Tower of Babel, the time of Babel, he separated everybody with different languages. And God, at his, in his own will, made the nations and made the peoples with different languages and different races and different... All these things were of God and they were good. And we are been, being told that having separation from other races is not good. Now, there's a time and a place for that. But right now, in the Bible, where we're at right now, God separated everyone. Because He called and separated one man, Abraham. And if you, go and if you look in Genesis chapter 12, if you want to, He said, Abraham, come out. Oh, that's right. Thank you, Steve. I never did not read Isaiah. Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14, look in verse 9 down it says in verse 9 hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming it stirreth up the dead for thee even all the chief ones of the earth it is raised up from their thrones all the kings and the nations all they that speak shall say unto thee art thou also become weak as we art thou become like unto us 
He's talking about the Antichrist at this time, but hold on. Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vials, and uh, the worm is spread over thee, and the worm covered thee. Verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? God cast him out. This was his son. His creation, one of the angels, one of the archangels, if you'll say, the cherub angels, one, probably probably the very first angel ever created. Because when God creates something, he creates a covering for himself. When God created the angels, he created the angels for himself. And the first angel he probably created was Lucifer, the light bearer that covered God. And so therefore he was, he, he was like the first most beautiful, most powerful, probably, and I don't, I'm making this up, I don't know, probably the closest to God out of every other angel. And what happened was, is God cast him out. Why? Because of sin. And it's hard for me, and it's hard for you, and it's going to be hard. But we've got to seek God's advice and find out what's, what to remove from our lives sometimes. You know, whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member, whether it's a child. It's hard to, to, to know when to do it, but there's going to be a, come a time when God's going to tell you, separate. I thank God when I got saved, I didn't separate, God separated me. And I believe that is how it works. God will separate you from those things that He doesn't want you around. I believe that. That's what happened to me, and I, and I look back in my life, and I, I see why now, because God had a higher calling for me. He knew he was, I was going to be in the ministry. And if you're going to be in the ministry, and you're going to be especially in a place of leadership or pastor, then you've got to be higher above, more above reproach, and cleaner than the average so, so-and-so. That's why God called Abraham, and he called him out. And then God called Jacob, amen? And then God called Israel, a nation. And he called that nation unto himself, separate totally separate from all the world. Israel was different than everyone else on the planet. Their songs were different. Their word was different. Their worship was different. Their God was different. Everything about them was different. And none of that has changed for the children of God. None of that has really changed. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be on the God side. Amen. We're supposed to be on the Lord's side, called unto God for such a higher purpose. And we, we forget it. And we start to just get relaxed and we, we just start hanging with the, with the crowd and we do what everyone else does. And we're going to have to stop and think about it. What does God want us to separate from? Because He cannot use us the way He wants to use us until we are sanctified. And that's what the word sanctified means. Set apart for the work and the use of God. And when you set up, when God calls you, He cleanses you, we know, through the blood of the Lamb. And then He washes us and makes us clean. And then He gives us holy garments, we don't see them. He calls us priests. He calls us His sons. He calls us His servants. He calls us out of the whole world. He's called us, many are called, but few are chosen. We are the chosen few of God. And we're supposed to realize separation is good and it's a part of what God's plan is. For our lives. But when you start to talk about separation, people don't like it. We're not supposed to do the things that everyone else does. Let me just get personal. We're not supposed to do the things that we used to do. We're supposed to be new creatures. Old things are passed away. And what? Behold, all things are become new. 
And all things are of God, it says. So why are these things so hard for us? Because we've got to let go of some things. It was hard for Abraham. It was hard for Noah. It was hard, it was hard for Jacob. It was, it, was, it was hard for Israel. They wanted so much to be like the world. They wanted so much to, to do the things that all the other nations did, didn't they? They wanted to, to worship their gods. They wanted to sing their songs. They wanted to hang out with them. They wanted to marry one another of them. And each and every time they did, how did that work out for Israel? It worked out terrible for Israel. Amen? I want you to look with me in Exodus chapter 19. And then we're going to go to Deuteronomy 14. Exodus 19, verse 5. It says this, it says, Now therefore, if you obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then shall you be a peculiar treasure unto me, above all people, for all the earth is mine. And it says, And you shall be unto me a kingdom of what? Priests, a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. The things that we hear and read about in the Old Testament of Israel, you can just apply them to us because that's what God wants. He wants us to be a different, peculiar people. Look with me, if you would, in Deuteronomy 14. Deuteronomy 14. Look in verse 2. It says, For the Lord God, I'm sorry, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. And the Lord has chosen thee To be a peculiar people, what? Unto himself, above all the nations that are upon the earth. I just want you to realize this is us. This is you. What side are you on? You have free will. And you have a choice. It's your choice. I know, I don't believe it, I do believe, I know, Miss Fran, that Christ is coming back. I know it. I know it. I know that he's going to judge the earth. I know it. I know that it, because he's the righteous God, he's going to has to judge all sin. All sin. Amen. We know I also know that he judged everyone's personal sin on the cross in his own son. And I know that I've received him and my sin has been taken away. I know that. But I personally don't choose to be on his side all the time. I personally don't choose to obey all that he says. I personally don't, you know why, and I don't know why. I think it's because I need to hear it. I need to hear it again. I need God's voice to call me again. I need Him to, to shine His light upon me and divide the darkness from me. I need Him to divide the things in my head, my thoughts, and I need Him to divide the sins that are holding me back. And I need it, and we all need it. Turn with me, if you would, please, to Psalm 135. The whole reason he's coming back is to divide us, to take us away from this world. It says in Psalm 135, verse 4, it says, For the Lord has chosen Jacob unto himself and Israel for a peculiar treasure. I want you to turn with me, if you would, please, to to Titus, the book of Titus in the New Testament, right before the book of Hebrews. Titus. And in Titus chapter 2, 
We're going to look at a couple verses there. But in Titus chapter 2, look at verse 14. It says, Who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from all iniquity, and what? Purify unto Himself a peculiar people. What? Zealous of good works. Zealous of good works. Are you zealous of good works? Are you zealous? I want to do good. I want to do good. Because if you're not, something's wrong and something's clogging your mind and something's clogging your heart and something's clogging. You know what it is? It's dirt. It's worldliness. It's if you don't want to do good, something has entered in to cause the Holy Spirit of God that's in you to be greed and be quenched and you can't even hear Him. And what you're hearing is the call of Satan telling you, do it my way, do it your way. It's very serious. Look if you would in, in uh, verse 2. I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 11. It says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. What's doing what? Teaching us. You hear, see that? Verse 3, 12. Teaching us that what? Tell them, say it. Denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly when? Today. Today, folks. This is what God is teaching us. That we're supposed to deny these worldly lusts. It says, look, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I want you to realize that we are called to be apart and apart. Apart from the world, called away from the world, to be close to God. And that's what the Bible's teaching us, is that everything you think that you're going to give up, everything that you get in God is so much better. But the devil's going to lie, and he's going to say, no, you won't have fun. He did that to me and when I was 20 years old, Joe. I read a gospel track. I could have got born again right there. And the devil showed up and said, you'll never have any fun. He's a liar. And more fun than I've ever had since I got saved. Amen. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Look in verse 9 with me. Now, this is what God has spoken in the New Testament by the apostle unto us, the church. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Why? That you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Can you get any plainer than that? And that's why he says in verse 10, which in time past we were not a people, but are now the people of God. And I just want you to realize, we, I want you to always think of that line in the sand that Moses drew. Who's on the Lord's side? Who is on the Lord's side? And you have to realize sometimes without knowing it, just because we're, we're just going about our daily things, we end up on the devil's side. And because we end up over here, we start to hear the voices of the world. And the world starts convincing us, yeah, it, it, homosexual is okay. A homosexual marriage is all right. Maybe uh, 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 Darwin was right. Maybe there's evolution. Maybe this, maybe the, the, uh, the, the, the um, creation story isn't correct. 
Maybe it's okay if, if somebody loves somebody else, or they, if a person loves a child, or a person loves an animal. I guess it's, you know what I'm saying? How you can get all these thinking. And God says, whose side are you on? And you're either on God's side, or you're not. And you can't play the fence. I'm on God's side on Sunday, I'm on the world on Monday. I'm on God's side on Tuesday and Thursday night. Friday night, I'm, I'm a, or, or Sunday night, I'm on God's side, but on Friday night, maybe I like going on to the honky tonks, as they used to call them. I just want to tell you that we need to separate. We need to take it seriously. I'm out of time, but look with maybe what in Matthew 25. I've got three minutes, maybe. Matthew chapter 25. What's the first thing the Lord Jesus is going to do when He comes to this earth? Look in verse, look in verse 32 with me. 25:32. It says, "And before Him, first thing Jesus is going to do when He comes to this earth, and before Him He sh- shall be gathered all nations, and He shall do what? Separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep and his goats. He'll, sh- he'll set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left." The goats go to hell, and the sheep enter in. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I'm going up. But make sure. You know why? Honestly, I think, I I don't know this. Please don't tell you. I'm just talking right now. The more I read, the more I study, the more the Spirit reveals to me. God's just asking people of our own free will, whose side are you on? Who do you want more? You want me? Or do you want the world? And we've got to come to a conclusion sometime, don't we? Because honestly, God's going to honor what you want. He's going to honor what you want. If you really want God, and you're trying your best to serve Him and to, to stay on the right side, He's going to honor that. But in your heart, if you really want the world, and you want the lusts thereof, and you want the wicked things, and the dirty things, and you like that things, what did He say in, in Matthew 7? Remember 21, 23 to 23? Verily I say to you, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied and haven't we done many good works and cast out devils? And he said, then I'll, I'll profess to them, I never knew you. you that, he says, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That means they were in church and they wanted Jesus on Sundays and maybe Wednesdays, but the rest of the week they worked iniquity. They liked sin. And, it's, and that's where the Bible says where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. My treasure should be, and your treasure should be God. He's the ultimate prize. He's the ultimate treasure. Heaven. Amen? Where, where else is there? There's only heaven or hell. Which one do you want? Let's get serious. Stop playing games. Some, we're gonna, there's some things that we need to separate from. Amen? I'm at it. Well, let's just read the last verse and I'm done. I still got, I missed a minute. All right, we'll, we'll stop right there. I want to give you some time to have a donut and a cup of coffee. We'll pick it up next week. We'll talk about in the Bible where God is very serious about separating and how he helps us to separate. And I'll tell you right now, the very first time God separated was when he, the light came. And light separated darkness. And it's good to, to have the light. We're going to talk about that in the hour ahead, but let's pray. Almighty God in heaven, our Father, we give thanks to you. We belong to you. We are born of you. We, belong, we are your children. We are your creation. You've created in us a new 
person, a new creature. We're not like uh, we were before. We're not of the world. We're of God. We've been born again. And those that have been born again, Lord God, we desire you. We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And we just ask you, Lord God, separate us from that which hurts us. Separate us from that which is hindering us. Separate us, Lord God. Help us. Put your mighty hand upon us and separate us. And separate those things that are hurting our children and our family. And bring them into the light that they may be saved. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.